This part 
can I tell you this morning that He is sufficient. He is enough. Whatever you need, He is. Man, this world tries to weigh us down with worry, with fear. But can I tell you true peace is found in Jesus. It doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. He has conquered it all. Freedom is in Jesus. Hope is in Jesus. Holiness is in Jesus this morning. So we're going to sing that chorus again. And man, I want you to declare it over whatever you're facing this morning. There's power in the presence, power in the blood, power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the presence, power in the blood, power in the name of Jesus. He has more in the hymn of his garment than the camp of the enemy. There's power in the presence, power in the blood, power in the name of Jesus.
circumstances that you face to be able to work, to be able to move. Whatever you're facing, it's an easy thing in the sight of our God. Come on, just put all your focus on His faithfulness, on His goodness right now. Man, if you've seen the goodness of God, if you've experienced the faithfulness of God in your life, I just want you just to begin to thank Him for it. seen it before and we'll see it again, God. Cause you won't fail us, no. You won't fail us, no. You're not just stories from the past, but you're still moving, you're still speaking, God.
provision in abundance.
God is still moving. God is ready to finish what he started. God's still saving people. The tragic thing of the church, what pastor's been saying, it's been on my heart the last month. He's been saying it over and over. I don't know if he realizes it, but it's, it spoke to my heart. We're, we're willing to do church without God. And so many times we're willing to do church without God. And the Bible says if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. The Bible says if you seek him with all your heart, you shall find him. The kingdom of heaven suffers violent, violent men take it by force. I had an incident Thursday night that happened. My son came running to my oldest son, Cooper, ran to me frantically. And he was, he was saying, she needs your help. She needs you. I can't help her. She needs your help. I didn't even know what was going on. To spare all the details, I ran over there. And when I got there, Pastor Dan, I realized I couldn't help her either. But I knew one who could. But it spoke to my heart. God did a miracle Thursday night. Young girl hit by an 18-wheeler was in the ambulance. Her blood pressure was so low. They was basically saying it looked like she wasn't going to make it. She went home that night. She's still breathing. But this is the whole point. This is the whole point. When my son ran to me and he realized that he couldn't handle that situation, then maybe I could. I wonder how many of us come to church this morning and realize how much we need to get a hold of God. Just like he got a hold of me and I realized I need to get a hold of my father. He's the one who can fix our situation. I want to ask you this question this morning. Like the woman with the issue of blood just touched the hem of his garment. Like that ruler who came right when they was walking that way of the synagogue said, my daughter need to be healed. He interrupted, interrupted the procession. Can I tell you that we serve a God that you can't box him up. You can't bound him down. There is no limits to what our God. There is no borders. There is no boundaries. He can help that woman and that man at the same time, just like he can help all of us. But the question is, how many of us will go get God? How many of us will go get a hold of God? If you seek him with all your heart, you'll find him. He'll be right here this morning. I've seen nations have been changed because somebody got a hold of God. People have been saved because somebody got a hold of God. Marriages that ended in divorce got back together again and families restored because somebody got a hold of God. My grandmother's prayers are being answered right now. I'm watching in my own family and she's dead in the grave because she got a hold of God. I'm trying to ask this this morning, church. Are we going to do church without God? Or can we go get a hold of Almighty God this morning? Let's go grab We need Jesus. Let's grab a hold of it. The kingdom of heaven starts violent men. Take it by force, Lord. We need you. God, we come to you as brothers and sisters in Christ, as your children. We come to you collectively together in one mind and one accord, recognizing that we need you. That you're Almighty God wonderful counselor your savior your shepherd there's nothing you cannot do you're our shield you're our buckler you have no limits god that you can do whatever you want whenever you want and god we need you and we're thankful we can come to your throne boldly not because of who we are and what we've done but because of what your son did on that cross was willing to take our stripes and by his stripes we're healed So God, we're praying right now for that broken home, that broken family that needs to be restored. We're coming to grab a hold of you and saying, God, we need you. We're praying for revival right here in this church, right here in Pinky, Mississippi. Revive us that we rejoice in you again, oh God. God, we come to grab a hold of you that you take that drunk father and sober him up. That you take that addict that's on the street that wants to break through but can't. 
Can they just get a hold of you this morning, God? Would you set them free? You're the God of breakthrough. God, we're asking you this morning to change our nation. We're asking you to change our culture. We're asking you that your kingdom and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're asking that you speak to us this morning and use our pastor to speak to your church that we can become more like you today. God, we're asking you that you bless us and help us, not for our sake, but just like for Thursday night, for your glory. Testify of yourself. Let someone know how real you are and who you are and what you can do in their life. Bless your name, I ask you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The first time we started it, it's a get healthy, eat what you want. Bluebell is included in the right for itself. Obviously, godly. <laughs> yeah, godly. And we focus on the health that God wants us to have and the good uh, foods to eat and how to move. And every single member in just the three months that we've been together has gotten healthier and lost weight. Come on. my sisters, I want to invite you to our Floors Kickoff. Of course, we have lots of fun food plans, fun girl fellowship, but more than that, most importantly, we have a night of encounter for you. We already have a group of women praying for you. This is not just an event. This is a night of encounter. Please make your plans. The event is going to be this Friday night right here in the main auditorium of our Picayune campus. Doors open at 6 p.m. and the event starts at 6.30. We do have child care provided, but you'll need to call the church office to reserve your spot. Hey, what's up, guys? I need you to clear your calendars and make sure two weeks from today at 5 o'clock you're ready for Beast Feast. It's going to be a great time, man. We're going to be able to plant our feet, stomp our chest, make a war cry together, all right? I need everybody to participate. Make sure if you come, you bring a dish. We're going to fellowship. We're going to eat. We're going to have fun. We're going to laugh. It's going to be a great time for men to get together. So make sure you stay tuned. Next week, we'll have a little preview for you. You don't want to miss. We'll see you there. Last year's family camp was amazing, and this year it's going to be over the top. The dates are May 27th through the 31st, and it's $600 per room. You can register online at rlministry.org, or for more information, see this lady. church, if you have recently asked Jesus into your heart and received salvation, but you haven't taken the next step in baptism, then we want to invite you to do that. Yeah, our Popperville campus will be having baptism on February the 18th, and our Picking campus will be having it on February the 11th. If you would like to be baptized, you can speak with a staff pastor, or you can call the church office. 
Hey guys, our daddy-daughter dance is coming up real soon. And daddies, you need to invite your daughter to this amazing event. I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, well, I can't dance. It's okay. If you've ever seen me dance, you know I can't dance. It's not good. Really? It's not that I was just no, acting. it's bad. It's going to be on February 9th from 6 to 8.30, and it's only $10 per person. You can sign up today at rlministry.org or see one of the CKN staff members. No. No, it's not. God, my hair hurts. We need a dancing life group, all right? Amen. Hey, David said he was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Man, how many of you glad to be here this morning? We should be glad because he's here. Amen. He's here, so we're glad to be here this morning. We're thankful we see our Ignite youth who are here. Had a great weekend. Can't wait to hear about it. Glad y'all are here. Look, we got a lot of things going on, not our youth. If you have a child, we have classes for them out in the back. If you're new here, we want to welcome you, so that would take time to do that. So uh, for all our first-time visitors, let's give them a round of applause. We just want to thank you for joining us this morning. Make you feel welcome. And just so you know, we have a little uh, gift for you, so make sure you don't leave without it. You can go to the double doors when you're checking out, and that way we got record of your visit, and we can give you a nice little gift. We appreciate you being here with us. Church, there's a lot of things going on. You just saw in the RLM Minute, so make sure you get plugged in. Our life group, things going on. Get one of those books. Find some life groups to get in. Get connected. I promise you it's going to help you in your walk with God. Uh, we have some good things for our ladies, like the Flourish. We got the Beast Feast coming. Man, we don't do a whole lot of events where we get all together. This one of our big ones. Look, I'm going to plug it while I'm up here. Two weeks from today, make clear your calendars. I need you here. We're going to have a great time. We have a lot of competition. It's going to be fun. It's going to be good. We're going to shoot bow and arrows inside the church, man. That gets awesome. So make sure y'all come. We're going to have a good time together. We look forward to the fellowship and what God's going to do, all right? Look, now it's time for our giving time, so make sure you stand to your feet. Let's get excited. Let's get excited to give to the Lord. Man, he's given everything to us. I want to remind you about our Generations campaign. I think it's an awesome thing to leave things behind for the next generation, and the Lord's put it on pastor's heart. We're building a building. We know it's just a building, but we know God's going to fill the building. But let's just be faithful. If, if God's asked you to give to that, make sure you are. We know the Lord's going to bless it and multiply it when we're just faithful to do what he's asked us to do. So the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Let's give back to the Lord cheerfully because God's given us everything we have. And it's just an honor to be able to take what he's put in our hand and give it back to him. So let's let God multiply. Would y'all pray with me? Father, we love you and thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, meet together in your name. We come in one mind and one accord and we're just so thankful, God that you have blessed us, you have provided for us. Lord, you are faithful. And Lord, what you've put in our hand, God, we want to put it in your hands, and we ask you that you would multiply it. We ask you, God, that you would enlarge our territory. Let your right hand be upon this church. Bless the generation campaign. Bless all that you're doing in and through that. The seeds that are being sown right here. This seed that's in our hand, God, would you bless the sower who's sowing this seed? And would you multiply it? And would you just help them and their families to prosper and be what you want in their kingdom? We thank you for everything you're doing. Would you get the glory for it? We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen.
our praise team a hand. I appreciate them very much. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, pick up a life group book. If you want to look through and see, uh, it's also got the serve group books in and, uh, pick up a magazine on your way out, leave it somewhere. Uh, we got all kinds of different things going on. Daddy daughter dance, which is a good thing. Uh, I've been able to go to it. I had to, there was some, I had to adopt a daughter, but, uh, it, you know, these things are good. They're right. Men, you need to come. We're going to throw axes. We're going to shoot bow and arrows. No, not at the daddy daughter dance. I shifted gears. See, you gotta, you, you gotta keep up. You gotta keep up. You know, uh, my son paying attention. I appreciate it. Uh, anyway, anyway, so be a part of all that. Bring a dish. Now look, I started saying this. I'm going to go ahead and set the groundwork. About six years ago, we had wild game dinner, which is, they change it to beast feast. And I saw some big man coming in bigger than me, you know, big man. Had a little pot like this right here. No. You need to bring enough for you to eat and a couple of other people. Don't come in here walking in there like, you know, because I, I can look at you and tell you eat 10 pieces of chicken like I do. So, you know, so bring, play. It can be wild game, cook something. We're going to have competitions and it's going to be a great time. My wife, would would be upset at me. Did y'all see that commercial? Did y'all see that commercial? Should I? Oh, uh, wait. Never mind. I, I better move on. She gave me the look. Although, but I, I'm looking at y'all. I'm not looking at her. Did y'all see that commercial? She was. St- she is not that tall. She was standing on a box because the brook's so tall. And she said, "They said it don't look right on camera." So they gave her a box to stand on. I said, you're not that tall. She goes, shut up. So, ladies, tonight, she's, uh, Friday night, she's going to share the vision of where she wants to see the ladies ministry go. You make sure you go to that and, uh, men, let them go. Encourage them to go. Keep the kids. I was scolded by one of my daughter-in-laws, you know, that if you keep your own children, it is not babysitting. So I was very quickly scolded by a daughter. No, if you're keeping your own kids, that's your own kids. You're not babysitting. That's what we pay somebody to do. All the women said, amen. So anyway, make sure they come and uh, just be a part. A lot of great things going on. All right. Everybody got it? Everybody rise to your feet. Exciting times. Turn to three people. Let's, let's go ahead and start working on sowing good seeds, okay? No explanation needed. Just sow good seeds. 
say with a smile. If you don't smile, we don't believe it. With a smile, say, man, you really look good today. I'm glad to see you. Turn to somebody next to you. I'm glad to see you. You look good today. Man, you really look good today. All right, let's read our scripture. Let's read our scripture for the day. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. Then he who received, that is he who received it by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word of, of immediately and receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures for a little while. And when the tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, We'll hit that in a little bit. Immediately, he stumbles. Now, he who receives the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word of the Lord and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and wanted and wanting that car that my friend got and wanting the house we can't afford and Lulu lemons and 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 all the rest of it. Maybe that's not what it says. <laughs> but the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word and becomes unfruitful. But he who receives the word on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and produces some hundred, some sixty, some thirty. Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just pray you'll be with us for just a moment. I pray you'll speak to us. God, I bind any distracting spirits. I bind anything that would keep them from hearing the word. And God, I pray that you will be with us. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, we started two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, we started on what I felt like was a word for 2024, okay? We're talking about getting better. We're talking about making progress. You are not going to be all that at the end of 2024, but God's will for your life is to be better than you are now. When I say better, I'm talking about making progress, growing God's will for your life. And, and the Lord started talking to us two weeks ago about this parable in Matthew chapter 13 about the, the, the soil, the so, a sower, the seed and the soil. Okay. And for two weeks, I preached about sowing. A man went out to sow. If you are going to make progress and growth this year, it takes deliberate Intentional action. It takes deliberate and intentional choices. 
Don't leave it to chance. We are two happenstance people. We just kind of take life as it comes. God has a plan. The shepherd knows where he wants to lead you. I mean, God has a way of going that he wants you to do. And it ain't, well, I don't know. Let's just go and we'll figure it out. And that's the way most people, they're not just going with whatever comes their way. God wants you in 2024, not New Year's resolutions. I'm talking about, God, what would you have me do in 2024? What would you have me uh, to sow into my life in 2024? What do you want me to commit to in 2024? Get his opinion and then just start doing it. Deliver it, which means also that you got to consent and submit. You got to do what he says. I'm going to say that again just because it makes some of you mad. You got to do what he says. You got if you you got to consent. He's the king, and I'm not. Amen. And I got to submit to his ways of doing things. When I do that, Lord, you want you want me to keep the nursery, Lord, Lord, Lord. Yeah, and it's amazing. You do it, God meets you back there. Or you meet somebody that changes your life. We talked about, and remember, I'm not trying to throw your world upside down. Everybody hear me. Small seeds produce big harvests. I'm just talking about what would God have you do? Small things. Start doing, stop doing, sow into. We talked about that. We talked about being generous. And listen to me. Hear me. Don't leave it to chance. Don't leave it to chance. Don't leave it to chance. You know what that means? That means if I want corn, baby, I'm going to sow corn. I ain't going to go, ooh, I got this field. You know, Amy, I'd love to have some corn. Lord Jesus, let's call Brother Dan and call the prayer team and see if the Lord will raise up corn in my field. Corn. Corn. Oh, God. Corn. God put a principle, sowing and reaping. Now, I want to say this that I didn't say last week, and i got to move on. Some of you are in the middle of a bad crop because you sowed bad seeds. Because there's a principle. You sow to your flesh, you're going to reap corruption. Well, here's how you, how do you get out of a bad crop? Well, you keep sowing good seeds, and eventually the good crop overwhelms the bad. till all you have is a good crop. Are you hearing me? He who has the ears to hear, let him hear. Now, today I want to start for this week and next week talking to you about the seed. The seed. What are you sowing into your life? What are you allowed to be sown into your life? What seed are you planting? The principle is still true. 
We're going to talk about the seed being sown in two parts. Today, I want to just talk about what's being sown in you. Next week, we're going to talk about what you're sowing in the world. What, what are you, what is being sown by you? And we're talking about Jesus. This whole thing, I want, I want to just make this connection quickly. Look at the verse John, look at John chapter one. Look at what it says. The seed is the word of God. Verse 18 says, the seed is the word of God. Well, look, we're really talking about Jesus. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He's talking about Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. Look at that. And all things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made. And in him was life. And the life was the light of men. That is two important deals. Anybody in here need life and light? Anybody in here need some light? Me and a couple other people. The rest of you want to grope in darkness. That's what the Bible said. Anybody in here need some light in this dark world? Yeah, that's important. We'll get to that in a minute. So I want to jump into this. First of all, the word word is two words in the Greek for the word word of God or word. It's logos. Logos is the general word of God. Like for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. It's the general word of God. It is the word to everybody. And then there's rhema. And it's the Greek word, and basically means it's saying, for God so love you. It, it becomes personal. Does that make sense? It becomes personal to you. Okay, we all want the rhema, but the rhema comes out of the logos. You got to know the logos first. Amen? <laughs> I got a short sermon. Y'all going to make it long. All right. Now, he said he's planting seed. Look at this. This is incredible. The word seed in the Greek is sperma. You can all guess if you're over 10 what English word we get from that. The Greek word is sperma. The seed is called sperma. I don't think that's by accident. I think God chose that word on purpose to let us understand what the word of God does to us. What the word of God produces in us. Now look at first Peter. Chapter 2. Actually, yeah, actually it's 3, whatever. 1. 1 Peter 1. One of those. Having been born again. How many of you are born again? All right, put your hands. Wow. I, I'm, yeah, the rest of you just be silent. How many of you are happy about being born again? Thank you. Having been born again, look, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, 
which lives and abides forever. Wow. We are saved by the word of God. What does that mean? You didn't get saved when you wanted to. I just decided one day, no, God was coming to you. He was speaking to you. He was drawing you and you just agreed to it. If God didn't draw you, baby, you didn't get saved. If the word of God did not come to you, that's that conviction. Now, there are three things the seed produces. Number one, it produces life. Life. It produces the life of God in us. A life better than I could have had by myself. I cannot produce the life he's talking about by myself. I need something planted in me. Are you hearing me? Second thing it produces is conflict. Anybody ever had a baby? It produces conflict in your life for the rest of your life. Even when they're out and gone, somehow it conflicts us. The Bible, listen. The Bible, Jesus Christ. You want a quote from Jesus? Everybody looking? You want me to throw a quote from Jesus that you don't hear very often? You ready? Jesus Christ said, I didn't come to bring peace to the earth. I came to bring a sword. Now, is he talking about we all should pick up swords and kill all the bad people? No. He is talking about immediately when the life of God comes in me, I am conflicted. I am conflicted with what's going on around me and my flesh. Immediately, there is going to be conflict inside of me. There is going to be, I got a new way of living. That's why I tell you, look, if you, if you got saved and nothing's ever changed in your life, you didn't get saved because immediately God started messing with me. Started telling me, yeah, you used to be that way, but now we're doing things different. God messing with me all the time, conflicting me. When my flesh gets riled up, my spirit is in conflict. It happened last Sunday. My wife, I mean, you know, I pick on Amy because I try not to let her head get too big, you know. And I pick on her. I mean, it's like being married to Jesus. It's aggravating. You know, it's just aggravating. I mean, if you if you don't like Amy, you just demonic. That's all I can say. Well, she's pulling out the driveway here last Sunday. Church. I hope it wasn't one of you. And if it is one of you, if this was one of you, then let my words conflict you. She's driving out, building out a park, uh, Taco Bell going, and somebody comes flying by. And, and you know, sometimes, God love her. She, she gets a little tunnel vision, not paying attention, you know. And all of a sudden, he just, woo, and pulls down the, rolls down the window and starts hollering at my wife. And, ho- and Matthew, 
And so they get home, start hollering, and then peels out. And then Matthew, they tell me about it when we get home. You know what my first response was? Who was it? Did you get a look at the car? You know, I, I know the sheriff. We'll hunt down where this joker lives. And we'll get all your sons and we'll roll that house so bad that he'll never crawl out from under that toilet paper. I mean, you, you know, I am as easy going. If you feed me, I'm happy, you know, but you mess with Amy, man, something just, it's a good thing. I didn't have daughters. It, it is a good thing. Cause if they ever hurt their feelings, I'd hurt them. I can't help it, but. I get my quiet time and the Lord, the word of the Lord inside of me conflicts me. See, that's what I don't see. I see people perfectly comfortable with going against the word of the Lord. Third thing it does, it brings conviction. The word of the Lord brings conviction. It allows you. It convicts. That's what happens when people come to church and all of a sudden they get stirred. You, you say, well, that's kind of conflicted, but it, it's different. You're drawn. You, you feel drawn. I, you know, I have people say, I ain't coming to church no more because you make me cry every time. I cry every time I'm in church. Well, you know, That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. He draws us. It only comes. What does the Bible say? How will they come to Christ if there is not a preacher? In other words, if the word is not spoken to them. And I'm not talking about preaching. I'm talking about you and me in life. Conviction comes when the word of God is around. Look at this scripture. Put first Peter back up for me, please. It says, it compares your corruptible seed and then there's incorruptible seed. You know what that word literally means? Perishing. Everybody look up. I, I'm trying to work out. I, I killed myself when I was playing college football and when I got out, I said, I'm probably not going to do this no more. And I kind of stuck to it. But my wife, when we started the plethora of grandchildren, it's just, (laughs) she said, Hey boy, you got to be able to get down on the ground with your grandkids and get back up. So I started working out. Hate is as much as it did when I started. You know, when I get through, I feel like I've had surgery. And the guy asked, <laughs> the guy asked me, he said, he said, brother Alan, what's your goal? What do you want to accomplish working out? And I said, I thought about it a second. I said, well, I'd like to stop jiggling. That's a good goal. I say, you know, 
When I get on that elliptical, I feel like I'm jello. Could we, I mean, oh, and my wife said I got to get off the ground and be able to get back up, get on the ground and get back up. See, that's my goals. But listen, everybody look at me. This is revelation time. This is going to die. This and everything associated with this is going to perish. You can go screaming and kicking and hollering. You can go like me, enjoying Bluebell with your last breath. But it don't matter. You going? Are you hearing me? We are sowing seed that is perishing. We got people that ain't never done anything productive in their life, got millions of followers on these goofy podcasts telling you all what's going on and all that, and we're following them, and got you're sowing into your corruptor, we're going after the American dream and everything, and God's saying, look, I want my seed in you, and it'll last forever. And by the way, it'll produce life right now and on into the future. I'm going to show you one verse, and you've heard it. Hebrews. The, I mean, do you understand? This stuff ain't going to last. Look at what Hebrews. For the word of the Lord is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Look what it says. It's living. What did I say it produces? Life. Life in you. Life that does not depend on circumstances. Sharpening two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit. The more you put the word in you, the more clearly he defines what's your flesh and what's your spirit. Me wanting to go roll that guy's house was probably my flesh. I'm pretty sure of it. But see, if you don't have the word in you, you, you'll convince yourself that's a really good way. At least you'll say things like, well, at least I didn't whip him or beat him. We just going to roll his house. You know how many bad decisions are made because we have no word that separates our flesh from spirit. Look, you put the seed in, it produces what? Life. It produces conflict. Makes your decision go, well, I don't know what to do. More word you put in, it becomes clearer and clearer. A discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's what the word does. Now, second thing I want you to see is seed needs to be sown in season and a lot of it. I felt like the Lord said this is a year of sowing. This is a time to sow. Do you realize this is a scientific fact from one of our resident farmers here or whatever she calls herself? Not a farmer, but seed loses its power over time if it's not planted. I'm going to say that again. Seed 
The longer you wait, like if you wait two or three years, it sits on the shelf, it won't have as much power to germinate as it did when it first. Some of you have been sitting under the word of God and you've never planted it in you and it is, it's losing its power to germinate inside of you, to have a produce. You need to sow a lot. You, this is a year to sow. This is a year to do it. Now, I want you to hear this. Everybody look at the screen. I want you to see this quote. Hearing God is hearing God speak isn't a want. It's a serious vital need. It's essential to my emotional and spiritual health. I'm going to say it again. It's not a want. There's so many of you say, well, I can't hear God like them. Man, you got to hear God or you're not going to make it. I need the word of God. I need this word of God, the written word of God planted. But do you know this word of God doesn't tell me everything? It gives me principles and all that. But I need, do I take that job? Do I not take it? Do I do this? Do I marry them? Do I do what? Do not choose a career because it pays a lot. Seek the Lord. It is essential for your emotional and physical health. You were born again to be able to hear God. To have the word of God planted in you where you can say, God spoke to me. God led me. God told me. God, though I was reading the Bible and that verse jumped off. The written word, the spoken word, God can speak. Look, I've had God speak to me through a movie. I've had God speak to me. Somehow I was praying about that morning and I'm standing in line and there's a conversation of strangers next to me. I said, God, I know you're going to speak to me somehow. And these guys are having a conversation and God answers the question that I was saying. I went, I didn't even know these people. But if you know, if you believe, I got to have the word of God implanted in me. And I know I was born again with the ability to hear because Jesus Christ said, my sheep hear my voice, know my voice. I was born to hear it, but I got to plant it inside of me. I've got to allow it to get in. The written word, the spoken word, words of prophecy, anything from him. I had God, so it's the only time in my life, only time in my life, I have seen an inchworm, a real inchworm. Have you ever seen one? I don't even think they're an inch. But they really, you know, because we bought one of our kids one time, them green things, that, you know, you remember that? The inchworms, big green thing, they right. I'm sitting, I'm doing a retreat, and it's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. I'm preaching my guts out, and they're looking at me like some of you are looking at me right now. What you say? What time, where are we going to lunch? 
I mean, I preached for two days, morning, afternoon, and night. I had preached six times, nothing. I started to resort to my old Baptist upbringing and tell them, if you love your mother, come down and we'll pray for you. Just to get somebody to do something. And I'm sitting on this big rock. It's North Alabama. I'm sitting on this big rock. I'm just going, God, are you even in this state? And I looked down. I looked down at this big boulder I'm sitting on. And I saw an inchworm. And I looked down and I went, he was right there. I said, that's an inchworm. I've never seen one of those. So I go back to, God, these people are horrible. Is anybody saved here? And I look down again. I just happen to put my, I'm sitting down. I put my hands on my knees. I look down and right between my knees, I can see that inchworm. He's still on the rock. Didn't move it. I went, dude. And I went back to praying. Oh my God, this is horrible. These people are demonic. That's what it is, Lord. I need to just, I need to just start speaking in tongues over them, and it's demons. I prayed for a little while long, and I just, I was wiping my head. I just had, I mean, I'm looking around. I look around. I look down, and an inchworm is going over the edge. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me. He had, this boulder looked like a mountain to that inchworm. But he just stayed steady and kept going. Kept going. Kept going. Just keep preaching. Just keep going. And you'll get there. God wants to speak to everybody that is his child. He wants the word of God. Look at Colossians 3.16. Look what it says. Look at that first phrase. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Everybody say richly. Not just a little bit. Dwelling. I need God to speak to me, but I got to start with the Logos. When you understand that, you understand this last principle. Seed always multiplies. I am excited because, you know, I am not a perfect man. I've never claimed to be. But I do understand that God wants you to live out the scripture. And I know at least one I've lived out. At least one. Be fruitful and multiply. God, I got that one. Do you understand? When you plant one little seed, it always produces more. It always produces more than you planted. Always. When I plant the Word of God, it starts taking me places I never dreamed of. I start understanding and then I realize you got God provides for you. There's seed for eating. God provides for you. But what do you don't do with your seed? You don't eat it all because you got to have some for planting again. That's what we'll talk about next week. 
But God provides everything I need through his word. Look at Psalms 1 real quickly. Now I want to tell you a story. Psalms 1. Look what it says. Blessed. Now listen, that is not quit thinking American. That is not being wealthy. Can be, but that ain't what he's talking about. You know what that word means in the Hebrew? It means to be envied. To be envied. That's what it means. Blessed. I'm a blessed man. I have no retirement and I've never had insurance. I'm a blessed man. My children have eaten every bit of retirement I could ever have. Popeye's chicken owns half my retirement. But man, can I tell you, I'm a blessed man. Well, how do you get blessed? Anybody here don't want to be blessed? If you don't want to be blessed, Dan will set you up an appointment and cast out that demon. Blessed is a man. Look, look. Who does not listen to the counsel of the ungodly. You go, well, what counsel is that? Anything that's not godly is ungodly. We are listening to podcasts of people that ain't got no sense, ain't never done nothing, but we made a millionaires and tell you, oh, like, this is the makeup that I use. Oh my God. And then you, you need to do it. I mean, the guy's getting arrested for rape and he's got two billion people listening to his podcast. Can I tell you? Bad things happen when you listen to ungodly counsel. Anything that is not godly is ungodly. Anything that does not line up with his word. I'm not going to listen to that. Stands in the path of sinners. Why are we trying to look just like the world? Let's see how close we can get to them. Me and my wife were watching a movie. And the the mama was getting on to the married daughter because she was kind of, she noticed she was kind of flirting with this guy. And the mama, the good daughter said, mama, I ain't going to buy nothing, but it's okay to win the shop. My wife leaned over to me, you try that, I'll hurt you. <laughs> Do you understand? We're... We're trying to, you'll wind up in the path of sinners. Then look what happens. Sit in the seat of the scornful. We've got people that used to be in this church that love God. They started taking the counsel of the ungodly, started seeing how much they could be like the world. And then all of a sudden, they're out in this church saying, God ain't real. There's a bunch of hypocrites. I don't like none of them. And they're miserable and bitter. Why? Because they planted in their mind things that are corruptible, that will reap corruption. They planted seeds, they allowed seeds to be planted. Now my question, if I look at it, what you allow in plant, being planted in, who, who are you talking to? Who you listen to? Who you take advice from?
What does he say? Look at the next verse. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Excuse me, not that one. Verse 2 of Psalms 1. Bam. He's good, isn't he? But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Look. And his law, other versions have word. His delight is in the word of the Lord. And he shall be, look what happens when I meditate on it. When I sow it into my mind. When I'm asking the Lord, Lord, What's your opinion? What should I do when I ask the Lord, who should I date? What job should I take? When I meditate on his word, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. All because of what he's planting. Gosh, what a great promise. What are you planning? I mean, we're watching. We're on our phones. Six, ten hours a day. No time for the word. See, if you, if you deny the Logos, you'll never get to the Rhema. There's some of you. Now don't shout me down now. I'm going to get a little personal. Just sit there and take it. You came. Doors are locked till I'm finished. Just take it. You cannot say, well, I know the Bible says, but. I know the Bible says, don't sleep around. I know the Bible says, don't do that. I know the Bible says, tithe. I know the Bible says, when you say, well, I really can't do that right now. What you are doing is you are allowing the thoughts of your reason or the world's reason to be planted in my mind. I watched. It was a, a Christian documentary, but it was this lady. She was a porn star and and she was, well, I don't know if she was a star. She just did pornography. And she dated a bunch of people and talked about how many men. And she's changed, you know, she stopped doing all that. And now she's mad because nobody wants to date her. See, the world... It's going to plant seeds in you telling you, oh, this is okay. That's all right. No, don't worry about that. And it will produce corruption every time. But the word of God is going to produce life every time. There's a man in our church that told me a testimony. And he told it to me just unsolicited, just somehow we got in a conversation. He told me, I called him back. And I said, I cannot, I had another illustration to end with. I said, I cannot think of a better. This is old. He grew up Catholic. This was his words. I'm just saying, don't, I'm just going to quote him. He said, you know, I grew up Catholic and we don't read the Bible. They just, priests just tell us what it says. Never read the Bible. 
we started hanging around. How it started was me and Amy started ministering to somebody and then somehow that somebody had a friend and it wound up wanting to talk to her and she did what Amy does. They started coming to church. He got saved. Started feeling that conviction. He said, man, I feel something. I don't understand. I only I can't explain it. But when you were talking, I was trembling inside. He gave his heart to Christ. Started coming to my life group years ago. He brought a Bible. He said, man, you're, you're quoting that Bible. Well, that's how he started. He started looking. I started showing him. He started reading his Bible. He started, every time I asked him to memorize stuff, he'd memorize it. He started reading. He said, man, I didn't know the Bible said that. He started calling me. He said, look, I got this decision. Does the Bible say anything about that? I said, yeah, why don't you go read this? And so he was just soaking in the Logos. Just taking, reading whatever I told him to read, just putting it in. Started reading it over his family just because I told him to. But he started doing it, and it was producing life. He was changing. And then he told me on February 19th, 2019, I heard God speak to me. And here's what he said. This is old. I mean, it's just old country bumpkin Good old boy, dude, fishing and hunting and shooting guns. And he said, I heard God speak to me. Here's what he said on the phone. It altered my existence. He said, I'm doing stuff now. I never dream. God spoke to me about handle how to do my business. God spoke to me about doing this. He said, I'm witnessing to friends, and I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just telling them about how Jesus has changed. I'm inviting people over to my house. I said, I I started praying for people in public. All because the Logos became Rhema. The seed planted brought a harvest. Everybody look at me. What are you planting? What are you allowing to be planted? Do you sit around and mope and gripe and complain? Do you listen to other people that that's all they do? Are you taking in the world's advice? Are you saying no? I got to do it God's way. Even though my flesh don't want to, produces that conflict where he tells me, you were, you were ugly to that. You were short with that lady, sweet old lady at the bank. Why don't you get in your car and you go back and you tell her. You know, we all throw that inner two-year-old fit. I want to. Well, if you plant the word, I've got to consent and submit like we talked about two weeks ago. 
And it produces life. Abundant life. Let me end with this. Look at Matthew chapter 4. Amy got on to me about eating bread. I threw this verse out at her. You know, man shall not live by bread alone. I said, the Bible's saying you need bread to live. Bread alone, you know, I mean, he's giving you. It didn't work. Anyway, man shall not live by bread alone. Look at it. Everybody look at it. But by every word that proceeds out from the mouth of God. Spoken, written, ever how it comes, if it comes out of the mouth of God. Make my decisions based on everything. He said that, and I know you know when he said that. Listen to me. He said that when Satan was standing right in front of him. What are you living by? What seed are you planting in your mind? What are you planting in your children? Because if you ain't planting something, I guarantee you Satan's planting something. Guaranteed. I'm not leaving it to chance. I want to make them. Isaac told Isaac or one of them, Elisha told one of them, told me about that. I remember you, he said, I've always had a healthy fear of the Lord because I remember you almost choking down one of my little brothers because he wouldn't pay, he, we're reading the Bible. Well, at my house during family time, you read the Bible, you're going to sit there and be still. And I, one of them, we still had a lot of their mother in them and was moving around and everything. So I just snatched him up. And I put it, I said, by God, you're going to sit here and listen to the word. And you go, that's mean. No, that's somebody that understands that word's going to produce good stuff in them. I ain't going to leave it to chance. What are you allowing to be planted in your spirit and mind? What podcast are you listening to? Are you taking the counsel of the ungodly? When you understand. Now I want to say this as we end. This is how you end a sermon like this. Okay? If you don't know Christ... Look, if you just came down, there's a lot of people that have, and in the South, we were the worst. We were the worst. We told people, come on down, say this prayer, and you won't go to hell. I remember sitting in a thing going, hey, you want to go to heaven or hell? If you want to go to heaven, come on down. I went, is that my only two choices? I mean, what do we, there was no conviction of the Holy Spirit. And so there was no salvation. But when the Holy Spirit is there, he convicts. 
Man, if you're convicted this morning, I want to tell you, Jesus loves you. He wants you to give your life to him. Second thing, some of you need to decide. Do you want life? Do you, or do you want corruptible or uncorruptible? What are you living by? What seed are you sowing? It doesn't matter. Everybody hear me. It doesn't matter that you believe in God. I'm going to say that again. It doesn't matter that you believe in God. Satan believes in God. In fact, the word says the demons know God and tremble. What matters is are you going to allow seed? Are you going to receive it inside of you and go, Lord, I'm going to start planting seed. Remember, I'm not looking for perfection. I'm looking for growth. I'm following Christ. I'm getting better every day. That's what we're looking for. I want you to rise to your feet. Here's your assignment this week. Life group leaders, y'all go ahead and get to your tables if you would, please. While they're walking, everybody look at me. Here's your assignment this week. I want you every day to read Psalms 1 over your family. Read the final six verses. The final three verses of Psalms 1, it says, whatever he does, he'll probably, it says, the ungodly are not so. They are like chaff in the wind. You know what chaff is? When they got wheat, they throw it up and the wind blows the chaff away because it has no weight to it. I just described a lot of people's lives. You get blown around, whatever feeling you're having that day, whatever it is, whatever that you get blown around. But he said the godly have weight to them. I want you to bow your head right now. If you're a Christian, I want you to lift your hands and tell the Lord, God, I want to do it your way. Help me to sow your thoughts. Just tell him, God, I want to sow your thoughts. I want to make decisions by your thoughts. Before I pray for you, look at me one more time. How do you do that? Well, first of all, you read his Logos. I just gave you assignment, Psalms 1, every day. It's only six verses. Psalms 1 every day. Sew it in. Teenagers, sew it in. Next thing, everybody look at me. I got a word from God for you. This is the way it works. This is the way it works. I got a word from God for you. You ready? Join a life group. You know why I'm saying that? Because years ago, I was asking the Lord, what do you want to do? And the Lord clearly spoke to us and said, start life groups. So the word of the Lord is, do life groups. So if you're in this church, and you're a member of this church, sow that seed in you. 
Because you never know what miracles will happen. You never know what will what will go on. What will be planted in you and what you get to plan. Amen. Hold hands with somebody next to you. Lord, I just pray this is my family. These are my people. I ask you to bless them. I love them, Lord. I love this church, Lord. I pray. I love your church. This is your church. Lord, I just ask you to let us start this year, 2024. We're going to start sowing good seed. We ain't going to worry about the past. We're not going to worry about failures of the past. We're going to sow seed this year, Lord. We're going to start walking, following the shepherd. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In your name we pray. Amen. Be blessed. As Pastor Allen continues a series of sermons on the sower, the seed, and the soil. Today he talked about the seed. He said there are two types of seeds. The type of seed that has been sown, that is being sown into you and to me. That is the word of God. And then the seeds that you and I might sow into other people's lives. This week, let me challenge you to meditate on that. Concentrate and think about it. And see what the Lord is speaking to you. We thank you for joining us today. We hope that you were blessed. Don't forget about our life groups. You can always pass by the church office this week. Pick up a life group book. There is one for you to join. God bless you. We'll see you next week.